Monday. Hey everybody, James here from Beaver Dust Productions. Back again with another daily movie review. Tomorrow is the Tomorrow War. That doesn't even make sense. But so does this movie. And it's a shame. I watched the Tomorrow War. It is a movie directed by Chris McKay starring Chris Pratt and a lot of other actresses and actors that I really enjoy. And pretty much my my overall feelings for this is that it's too long and it's too derivative for the high concept and interesting cast that they have. And it honestly, it's the worst kind of movie, in my opinion. I can accept a bad movie when I go in there and I know it to be bad. Because, yes, it's bad. Ah, fuck. But when it's something that I look at and go, wow, that there's some good people involved. That's a cool concept. And then you go in and you're like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? That, that to me, is a shame. So this whole thing... This whole movie is about a war in the tomorrow, as in people from the past come back in time and go, hey, we're losing to these fiends called white spikers. And what they're doing is they're ripping us apart for six days and then they go to sleep for a seventh day, come back. And and it's a uh, rotating affair. So what we are going to need to do is to draft people over a certain age, which is revealed, which I actually really enjoyed. I really like that whole idea that they draft people over a certain age because there's a guarantee that they won't be alive in the, in the future, which creates a paradox. And that everyone that goes back in time has not been born yet. And I really, really enjoyed that. Con- it was a really cool idea that they uh, introduced to this. Like I said, it introduces these cool stuff these cool ideas, these cool concepts, interesting action, great family dynamics. But then it's just derivative and blah. And as, I was, as I'm watching it, I'll be honest, I had to take breaks because I was finding myself going, why, why am I still interested in this? What, why, why is this still movie going on? By the, I believe it was the hour and 40 mark. I was like, this could be done. I could finish this movie and be like, okay, cool. When's the sequel coming? Because it was almost at a point where you could do a sequel. It was very much like Independence Day where they have a victory. They managed to do it. Uh, some sacrifices are made. And now we're taking it to them. That's what, what it could have been. But for some reason, it's almost like a rushed ending to give you a happy ending. And I like happy endings, but when it's rushed, and even when it's even like done in such a Deus Ex Machina, Chekhov's gun style way, uh, spoiler alert, uh, I, there's so many Chekhov guns that they combine into like a mega Chekhov's gun because you see a guy carrying this thing, uh, which one of the spikers... You know, he grabbed it from a spike and he's been wearing it as a chain. Uh, cool concept, though, with that character. Uh, he is a guy who has cancer and he doesn't want to die, you know, slowly deteriorate. And so he's constantly going to uh, join th- this war so that he can fuck shit up. 
Love it. I really do like that. That really does remind me of the, the exchange students in Battle Royale who just want to fight, you know, just for uh, for their own reason. But it's still cool that you have those characters. I wish they had more characters like that with interesting reasons on why they joined and stuff like that. But so, yeah, so you have his chain and then you have this student who is very interested in volcanoes and he is the one that determines where they are. And I'm like, okay, so you, there's a fate of the world thing. And here's the thing. It would have made sense if they went to the government initially and said, hey, we've got this idea. We've got this concept. We, we need somebody to help us. And then they said it. There's a lot of missteps and misdirections to get to the point where they need to be. Uh, if they just outright go, we we have the... Uh, the serum we're going to say the day and they're like it's going to happen 30 years from now our best idea is to de- develop our forces and you know keep us safe we can't save the future you know so we've, we've just got to get ourselves ready for what is about to come in about 30 years time but instead they uh you know they ask the kid then go to him there's a lot of editing snafus because I would have been fine with if they can't get people to help them. And so they're clutching at straws, grabbing different different things to help them. But instead, it's like I said, it's, it's all jumbled up. And it kind of like, why would you do that in the first? Why wouldn't you do this in the first place? OK, then it makes sense on why you're this desperate and why you're willing to you know, reconnect with your dad to save the day why you're asking your student who is very much has a boner for volcanoes to help out. But no, they had to fucking, yeah, it's just such a shame, such a shame, like just with a high, decent concept and they had to fuck around and do this. Um, And Chris Pratt is, uh, he's good in the family stuff or when, I don't know, there's, He's almost the wrong person for this. I don't know. There's just such a disconnect for me with him because this movie with him, it almost feels like he should be serious all the time. And I don't think, I think he's better off in a Ryan Reynolds type of role rather than this. If anything, like I'm not a big fan of him, but some somebody like Mark Wahlberg made this a sequel to the happening where instead of the trees trying to kill you, monsters, alien monsters are trying to kill him now. Make this the happening too, because he would have fit in more as a role for this. Uh, also, I would have liked to ask that kid about volcanoes. Like, hey, buddy. Oh, no. What, what about these volcanoes? And he's just like looking puzzled as everything's going on. That would have been perfect. Um, there's also some other stuff here, but that, they have so many interesting characters too. Like Jake and Simpson's character as an estranged anti-government dad who they end up going to, to like help save the day that works. But it, like I said, it's just, it's way, it's way too, I can call it right there. And I don't mind calling it sometimes, but when it's pretty much like on the nose, like so, so, so on the nose that it's tearing my nose off my face. It it it's, it's it sucks. It really does. Um, but here's the thing: it's not a bad movie. It's con, it's made decently. Uh, 
some hokey CGI here and there, but I like the monster designs and some great acting moments. J.K. Simmons, as always, Betty Gilpin, I really enjoyed. I, I also really enjoy Sam Richardson, who I'm actually going to be watching a movie that is, that is him. Uh, Marilyn uh, Rajskov is dead again in another movie. Can you stop ki- killing Marilyn? I know she's Gail the Snail, but can you stop killing her? Because she's awesome. She's reaching Sean Bean levels. Leave Mary Lynn alone. Hashtag leave Mary Lynn alone. And so I'm having fun with this interview. This interview, with this review. As I'm saying, this is unscripted. So this is just me rambling on about a movie in the hopes that you may or may not watch it. So uh, as for my, uh, my score, I am going to give it a two blanks. A two blanks is a mediocre movie. It's not a bad movie, but it is something... That is passable enough to enjoy, but for me, it, it's just mediocre. There's no, there's uh, really no. The bad and the good are like right in the middle. It has good and bad points, and it's just straight down the middle. So, as for me, James, thank you guys for checking checking out my review, like, subscribe, and all that jazz. And thank you very much, guys, for uh, continuing on this journey. Much appreciated, and I'll see you tomorrow. Tuesday. Hey everybody, James here from Beaver Dust Productions, back with another daily movie review. And we are reaching to a point now where I, I this could have gone either way. So for me, uh, I'm kind of a connoisseur of video game movies. Uh, I love them. I hate them. I want to throw them through a goddamn window. So I decided to check out something that's based on a video game I've never played, but I've actually played the basis for the game, which was a party game. I played this game at a friend's house as part of a large group post or well, pre-COVID, not post, nearly, nearly, nope. And uh, so I really enjoyed the game. The whole It's a game called uh, Werewolf, I believe. That's the name of the title. I, and pretty much the whole thing is everyone closes their eyes. A werewolf is picked via a card. And then we have to, like I said, we have to close our eyes. And so, and a person dies each round. And we have to yell at each other until we figure out who the werewolf is. Now, Werewolves Within is a movie directed by Josh Rubin, who did a fantastic movie that I saw last year. Uh, scary tales and uh, he's back again with another movie uh, with Milana Von Trub and the awesome who was in the not so awesome tomorrow war but in this he plays a ranger who arrives into town and there's stuff involving a pipeline and then a werewolf starts killing people and they're arguing so it really sets up the tension of everyone absolutely hating each other and pointing fingers and as far as the way this was set up as far as it it was done this is definitely a horror comedy and less so on the horror uh, there is a few uh like gory scenes but it's a, a quite tame and stuff like that but i still enjoyed it because it was mainly the character work that went into this, which is perfect for this kind of movie as someone who has played the, the game. And I really enjoyed it. it. 
the characters were in, in daring that you actually wanted to cheer for. Uh, everyone else, they pretty much made a goddamn scumbag because you wanted them to turn out to be the werewolves so that, or that they would end up being werewolf food. And there is a few things that annoyed me. I'm not... There's a couple of things in here that engage more with, and I hate using this term, but going for the woke cr- crowd just to kind of like getting those people to watch this movie and cheer it on. And I'm all for it. I'm all for inclusive inclusivity. But I think it's going to age this movie that people will watch and go, the hell was the hell is that about? Because sometimes they, in my opinion, go over the top and movies are meant to be timeless. I can go back and watch a movie like Ghostbusters, a movie like True Romance. And even though it's of the time, the dialogue and the references are still there that I can still enjoy it. And with this, especially at the start, it kind of cooled down um, as the movie went in, as the whole werewolf plot went in. But for the first 20 minutes, I was like, okay, all right. I find it funny, but I just don't think it's going to be a everlasting thing when this movie is 10 or 15 years old. But other than that, like small things aside, and it's a small thing. It's like, it's not... Me going, ah, yeah, too work for me. Time to walk off. Fuck off. Let's let's go watch a, a Fast Nine movie where Vin Diesel says family 28 times in the space of five minutes. No, 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 no. I'm not like that. Uh, but it's just it's just my critical brain going and stuff like that. I, I just hate sometimes when the uh, age something. Often those type of movies are, are kind of passed along. If you want to do like current uh, era stuff, it's good to have something that's vague enough and uh, anyone can enjoy it. And even just like do your own world and have have that kind of thing. But I I did. I still did did enjoy it. I still did enjoy this movie. I enjoyed the characters. Um, Harvey Gillian. Apologies if I messed up his name. Guillermo from What We Do in the Shadows is fantastic in this movie. I, it is like a different side to him that I didn't know he had in him. I'm, I'm often used to him being the, the shy, uh, geeky guy. But in this, he, he got to be a bit more flamboyant. And I really enjoyed his character. And there's a couple more characters. Uh, def, definitely like Red Herons. And I really enjoyed it. So if you want a fun werewolf movie uh this in my opinion isn't for you it's not h- hardcore werewolf movie but if you want something that's kind of like a whodunit it's very fun i really would recommend this and i am going to give this a free blanks it's a good movie it is a, a very fine movie and if you like if you like your stuff that's not too gory but you like i said you know character work and stuff like that definitely check this out and for tomorrow, uh, I've decided uh, after watching a Steven Soderbergh for the first time ever, I've decided to check out and get stuck in to traffic. Wednesday. Hey, everybody. James here from Beaver Does Productions back with another daily mo- movie review. And because 
oftentimes there's not enough movies coming out in the week or just generally stuff that I am not interested in. Uh, I will go back and check out movies from directors I've recently saw or just kind of passed me by. And one of those was Steven Soderbergh. Uh, but based off no, no sort of move, I really want to check out more of his stuff. It, it, he's kind of been on my radar for a while, but oftentimes you're kind of just like, eh, I'll get to it. Don't worry. So I decided to check out what is a lot of people say is his best. I decided to check out Traffic, directed by Steven Soderbergh, of course, and it's an ensemble cast. Wow. Like just this cast alone. Michael Douglas, Don Cheadle, Benicio Del Toro, Dennis Quaid, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Luis Guzman, because Luis Guzman needs to be in more stuff, and it's just fantastic. You know, you can put him in anything. You can have him be menacing. You can have him be the friend. You can have him just be a dirty pervert, like in waiting. Just more, more, more Luis Guzman, please. And so... One thing I really noticed uh, just in the two movies alone that I watched is that Soderbergh likes to experiment with video styles. And that includes with this. Uh, this is multiple stories. Uh, if I liken it to something, I liken it to The Wire in that it's multifaceted and different uh, lenses from different people. So it's not just the cops, not just the drug dealers. It's the cops, it's the politicians and stuff like that. And I really do like that sometimes because it's sometimes better to have this broad brush. And so with this, there's kind of three different, like, I would say filters. So for Michael Douglas's character, him being a politician that is considered the new czar on the war on drugs, he has a blue tint for all of his scenes. And then for Benicio Del Toro, who plays a police officer for the, Me for the Mexican uh, drug, drug uh, whatever, uh, for the Mexicans, he has a yellow tint. And then for everything else, it's kind of just more of a regular filter to it. And as I went on, I was really enjoying this. Uh, it, Every storyline was capturing me and I generally felt bad for a few characters in this, especially Michael Douglas's uh, daughter, the way everything that happens to her. And you can kind of feel when Michael Douglas, you know, finally catches up to her and stuff like that, you can feel the pain and it's very well acted. Even Catherine Zeta-Jones, her character is the wife of someone who is considered a, uh, drug kingpin played by uh, Manny from Scarface. He, uh, he he played a good role too. And as I as I was watching it, I, I actually realized that Catherine Zeta Jones and Michael Douglas actually met on the set of this, which is pretty cool to, uh, for a factoid. And then from there, uh, I also found out that there's actually a UK TV series made in 1988. And instead of Mexico, they use Pakistan and they just kind of trim some stuff out, out here or there. But just watching this movie, this movie is a masterclass in how to do a uh, multi-story multi, multi -story movie. 
in that you have all these different things. And the, I was halfway expecting a bit of crossover, but honestly, some of these people don't even see the others. And initially, I've had time to think this over. Initially, I was like, that, that's kind of dumb. But the more and more I think about it, the more and more I'm game for what, what that was because it was really going for more of the realistic style. And sometimes these people will never meet each other. A drug kingpin or the wife of a drug kingpin isn't going to meet the politician that is fighting to throw a husband in prison and stuff like that. So I really enjoyed that aspect. And from a story perspective, it, it kept me engaged. Uh, the whole Benicio del Toro stuff, as he uh, you know descended further and further into corruption, was really really cool. And I really really enjoyed this movie. So as for my review, I am going to give this a four blanks. It is a great movie. If you've not checked this movie out and you like your your movies to be like gritty, realistic, and even with a bit of uh, experimentation in the way that the movie is presented, this is definitely for you. I think you will appreciate what he tried to do. In my opinion, the blue of Michael Douglas uh, kind of fell off for me. Uh, this is why I've kind of not given it a five, even though it's like bordering on the edge of a five, because I think in my opinion, it looks like if you ever see really cheap movies that have been put together and they can't afford in their budget to have night scenes properly lit, they film during the day and then put a blue uh, filter over the top of it. That's often what they do. And it's exactly like that. And even and it, it was off-putting, but then when I realized what they were going for, I overlooked it. But it can be off-putting when you first watch it because, like, this is a huge movie with like a huge cast, and you can't afford to shoot at night. But then I realized that it's a uh, a directing choice, a story choice. So definitely check this movie out, and don't know what I'm going to watch tomorrow, but uh, find out tomorrow. Uh, like and subscribe if you enjoy this. Thank you guys. If you have any movies for me to watch, uh, make sure you throw a comment down below. I often get back to you. Um, so just go for it, guys, and I will see you tomorrow. Thursday. Hey, everybody. James here from Beaver Does Productions, back with another daily movie review. And I decided to check out 2021 Censor, a movie directed by Prano Bailey Bond. And this one kind of hits close to home, especially as a a guy who grew up in the eighties and was very privy was uh, I, I was in my opinion, very lucky that my parents allowed me to watch a assortment of stuff. I remember when my first day of school, I watched Nightmare on Elm Street. So, you know, it, it was as long as I wasn't doing stuff that I saw in the movies in real life that they were allowed to watch. And as long as I didn't keep them up, cause I was screaming my head off terrified, which I never did, but, the government didn't agree. And so what they did was they they set up a term called video nasties, like I mentioned. And their whole thing was they would take these movies and they believe that it was corrupt in society, that it was giving people ideas and just really, really destroying 
any anything when it comes to cinema. Like some of these movies, yes, are just go for the sake of go, but it also took out movies like The Exorcist, which is a classic. And what happened was it I believe it was released in 1988. And then from there, it took 11 years for it to come on home video. Uh the only way you could actually watch movies of that ilk was if you could find them if you had a friend or you know someone that would go overseas and bring the dvds back that's how i watched most of those movies when i was younger and it was kind of funny because i'm I'm actually i actually wrote a tweet earlier about it saying it's the sanity of the nation they're worried about but why why don't they stop slashing social services and as someone who's a bit of real life james here i work in social services i am a support worker with people with disabilities and highly i highly agree like oftentimes the government will not blame that the thing that they're slashing but more of anything else just to justify their stupid mistakes in my opinion and so this is pretty much indicative of that it's about a woman who is constantly uh censoring movies and then because of her constantly watching these movies, she starts to recognize one of the women as potentially her sister who was missing and is presumed dead now. And she goes down the rabbit hole and it goes from there. And this movie is really fantastic. I love, like I said, the social commentary of everything. And I just love the whole idea behind this as well. I, I do love that. Yes, these movies aren't harmful, but if you have one or two people watching them back to back to back to back to back as a job you know you you hear of you know police officers looking through this kind of evidence uh like you know from all horrible stuff that they see and having to like deal with it later on and you know yes it is true on a high volume it, it will mess people up but at the end of the day what it's not it's not going to hurt anybody as long as you have everything in place to make sure that they're okay because sometimes things do crop up but beside that like uh <laughs> I, think, I think i really enjoyed this movie just based off like it kind of aligns with everything i think when it comes to movies and societal you know society and stuff like that but as for the I, as for the movie it's so well acted it's really well done i really enjoyed it it's it's all set during the 80s it's on the backdrop of a very interesting time in england and just some great acting all around michael smiley who i absolutely love he is uh, fantastic as the delivery man in space he is also fantastic in stuff like Luther, and every time he shows up in a sh- in something, I'm instantly into it because he is a really good actor. He can play it really comedic. He can be a, a downright sleazeball, and yeah, and I really do enjoy the ending. The ending is something that is going to be constantly on my mind throughout because I really do enjoy the way they went about it. And this is a high high recommendation for me because more people need to see this because it's a interesting premise uh it's pretty much a descent into madness uh based on all different factors it's not just you know because she's watching the videos she's going crazy she has other stuff affecting her and eventually she reaches a, a breaking point and it's so well done and you you don't even know if uh there's anything 
going on behind the scenes or if there is and i do like that uh ambiguity yes i i have to mess up words so it's kind of a small victory but uh yeah this movie is uh, a top one for me like, like i said it's uh, a nice and easy but even though i'm giving it high marks of course i can't give it a five i can't um i don't know why i can't give it a five i, I think it's even though it, it lines so much well and everything like that. I, I, I think this just that extra sparkle, like stuff like when I watched um, Lost Highway and The Lighthouse, those ones that, that I gave five, I gave those a five because it, it, it launched a spark into me, like a creative spark. It's one of those things where I'm like, holy shit, I have all these ideas or just like changes the way I think about things. Whereas with this, I kind of know. And it doesn't really change anything for me, but it's a downright bloody good movie. So this is going to get a full blanks for me because I generally want more people to watch this. I am going to praise this movie to the moon. Uh, so tomorrow is going to be interesting because... Friday is big day because it's often release day. There is two that is on my radar, which I'm looking forward to checking out. They will be out in the next two days. And then Sunday, maybe a lazy day, maybe check out something I haven't seen before. And thank you guys for checking me out. And I will see you next time. Friday. Hey, everybody. James here from Beaver Does Productions. Back with another movie review. And... It's the big one. It's the big one of the week. It's been a while, but we have a Marvel movie now available in the movies or, like me, Disney+. Plus. This is the spin-off, finally, of Black Widow. It is also a prequel. If, uh, if you're not seeing Endgames, there's going to be a couple of spoilers here or there. But this was directed by Kate Shortland, starring, of course, Scarlett Johansson. Uh, Florence Pugh, Rachel Wise, and David Harbour. They are the main principal cast. Also, the ever-awesome Ray Winstone. And going into this, I didn't know where, where we would go. Uh, I knew this was a prequel and, and stuff like that. And honestly, I do, I do wonder about this because my issue with it is that... It really feels odd that they slotted this in when they did. It really does feel like more of an apology than anything that, hey, we didn't give you your own movie and we killed your character off. But guess what? We're bringing you in one last time. And it is pretty much a last hurrah. And I do have some some problems with it. Uh, the main one was I didn't really feel a sense of urgency or anything like that. Knowing her ultimate fate, it kind of put me off, but I do feel it is setting the table for something coming up that has been alluded to in the TV shows and is now probably going to be another point, maybe in the other TV shows or even in one of the movies involving her sister. And as a movie, this is good. I really did enjoy it. Uh, my main issue with it, like I said, it was just 
if anything, it's timing. Like, how do you, and I think it also suffers because, like I said, timing, because it comes off the back of Endgame. And it really, it really does feel weird that they put this after the fact. You know what I mean? I, if this movie came just before and like just after Civil War, you know, kind of slotted right there, I think this would have been better. But unfortunately, for some reason, it, it, it never happened. And that is the thing that I'm taking away from this is that it just feels like too late. Too, too late. I, I really wish we could have got this because it, it kind of adds to Endgame still. It works perfectly as a build-up, not a, as a epi, epilogue or anything like that. And... Every character that has introduced this, uh, Scarlett Johansson, Natasha Romanoff's family, I really enjoyed. I really liked the dynamic between her and her sister. I really, I really like David Howard in this movie. Uh, he is the Russian super soldier, and I loved every every time he was on screen. He is one of my favorite characters in this. His constant bragging about Captain America even though technically he was on ice when he was prevalent, is hilarious. And I wonder if there is going to be something like that in maybe a TV show or something like that. But, and Rachel Wise, I didn't feel she did as much as I wanted because I do enjoy her and stuff like The Mummy, but I feel she was kind of held back compared to the other three. And it's a shame because I really like her and she's a perfect casting for this movie. Like, for it to be the Black Widow's mother, perfect. Well, technically, technically mother. The whole thing is that they, they are technically family, but not really because they're operatives and stuff like that. And it also has one of the darkest openings I've ever seen in a Marvel movie. And it that is definitely a high point. There is some things. And I don't know, it's just really, it's really hard to pinpoint. And I, I do think my enjoyment may be diminished because I watched on the small screen. I'm thinking that when it comes to Marvel movies, it's a movie theater event. I think that might be where it's kind of diminished uh, my enthusiasm for this because I've, you, you kind of want to be in the big screen or dark, you and a couple of fellow lunatics enjoying action on the screen. Uh, as for the villains, uh, Ray Winstone is kind of a, after a fall, he plays the head of the Red Room. His whole thing is that he's the one running everything. Uh, he kind of felt like an afterthought. Uh, he's very much similar in vain to Striker from X-Men 2, in that he controls a lot of superpower people, but he doesn't have much in himself. And the muscle in this is Taskmaster. And they the way they introduced Taskmaster and the way they show, showcased Taskmaster was pretty cool. I really enjoyed what they did with this character. And uh, spoiler alert, but th there is uh, a, quite a bit of difference from the comics. And I, I did enjoy it. I, I'm one that did like the... the Iron Man free reveal of the Mandarin. I thought it was a clever, clever way to go about it. And you know, people complain that we we want Mandarin, but we're getting him. So you know, just allow these things to happen. That they, they often 
that's one thing I do enjoy about Marvel is they, they kind of drop these little nuggets and oftentimes we do get payoffs unless money or they just forgot. We're still waiting on the leader. Hopefully She-Hulk. Now, as for this, I really do feel like it is a drop-off from Endgame, but Endgame is like perfect. It's one of the greatest end caps to a movie series and hopefully they they can start to rebuild properly and go from there with the tv show i think we can i I think they can reach that i think it's got they've got to gradually build it up and kind of pass on the torch which this also does it kind of passes on the torch uh to uh florence Pugh as a sister and i'm very much looking forward to and there's a bit of setup and if it is where I think they're going to go, it's going to be a lot of fun. And so my rating for this, even though I was less infused watching it, but I enjoyed the action and I enjoyed the character moments, I'm going to give this a free blanks. Good, real, 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 real good. Um, but I, I'm, I think I may be suffering from a big, bit of Marvel fatigue, even though it's been a year and a half. But still, I think it's just because I'm kind of expecting them to start positioning uh, the proper big bad by now. And we're still kind of wondering who it's going to be. We, we, we hear rumblings, but I think for Marvel, they've kind of got to start put, putting the pedal to the metal and saying that this is the next son of a bitch that you're going to deal with. Otherwise, people will go be like, oh, they, they're just having small adventures. I think the strength of the Marvel is that it's a universe first and you can just pick and choose characters and add them. So tomorrow, I'm going to be back. There's going to be another first run movie because I watched First Street 1978 and I've got a lot to say about it. Later, guys. Saturday. Hey everybody, James here from BBDoz Productions, back with another daily movie review. And we are back again with First Street. Last week I did 1994 Part 1, and now Part 2 is 1978. And what I didn't expect, well, yeah, I didn't expect was how much of the first one is connected. The first one, you can't just go into these movies and not watch any part. It's from the looks of it, it's all one big narrative with the main thing being about the current characters dealing with what's going on now, but also learning more about the whole curse and the situation. So definitely uh, this is not something that you can go into going, you know, I don't like 94, so I'm just going to go straight into 1978. It, it wouldn't hold up well. It's very much entranced into its own thing. Uh, so it's something you can't just hop into like a like your typical slasher. And so from there, this was a good, not really an improvement, not really anything. It's more of the same. The, the one thing going into it that kind of was weird Um it kind of set up that a lot of children were going to die, which they did, but they made sure to kind of step away from showing them being brutally murdered. 
Uh, if anything, the only thing that they really showed was the more adult 18-year-old type counselors being brutally murdered. And then anyone that's under that age are killed off screen and it's very heavily implied. So if you're looking for child murders, this isn't the movie for you. Uh, but I enjoyed it. Uh, the, the stuff we did see, some of the murders, uh, especially at the end, there's one particular and it was also extra horrible because there's a character we've been following throughout and just the brutality of it. I was like, holy shit, this is pretty like tough to watch. Uh, not in that it's so violent. It was just kind of like, you can't, you, they really did manage to, in my opinion, develop these characters well. And to see that happen to this character was really well done. I'm actually, as I'm watching this, I'm enjoying the characters. This, in my opinion, uh, so far has been a fun slasher. It's it's not going hardcore into, you know, more adult, but it's like just a, above over a, a teen slasher. You know, it's, it, it has that stuff, but it doesn't fall into the pitfalls of a lot of slashers, which is nudity and overly gore, but it still implies and has a lot of that there. And I really enjoyed it. And, the 1978 uh, setting really works. A lot of this is a love letter to a lot of those movies like Friday the 13th, Sleepaway Camp and stuff like that. So if that is in your wheelhouse, I'd definitely check this out. I've been really enjoying that aspect in that it's taking different areas of slashes and doing their own thing and adding it to it. The first one was very much more like, as you would say, the... Yeah, the 90s scream style slashers. And then this is, like I said, the 70s. And it takes that and wears it on its sleeve. And if you're a fan of those stuff, I'm a fan of both. It really leads into that. I'm very interested to see where they take the third one because the third one is going into a period piece. And I'm very interested to see how they go about this because I've, I know it's just, it's good. It's going to be, I, it's going to be odd, but I do wonder with the way everything's going on in these movies is if, because it's the final part, is it going to be more of 94 than 66 with 66 just being a backdrop with the 94 finale taking up most of the space. So it'd be very interesting to uh, check that out, but yeah, definitely check this out. It's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a, a turn your brain off, enjoy the characters kind of thing. And it's not it's not hardcore horror, but it's it's up there, like compared to a lot of PG-13 stuff. I don't know how this could be an R because it kind of shies away from a lot of stuff. But when it does do kills, it does do them pretty well. And I really did enjoy them. But they're very quick. It really reminds me of when they were heavily editing the Friday the 13th movies in that they didn't really focus on it. It was more of, uh, okay, right, you see it? Time to fucking go to the next one. There you go. Yeah. You know what happened? We're not focusing on it because we don't want to get, we don't want to not get rated and lose money. But I really enjoyed it. And I'm going to give this a free blanks. Uh, it is good. Uh, for, for me, in my own personal uh, opinion, it, it doesn't vary into great very well. It, it, it doesn't vary. There is a couple of things here. If we had more of like 
the the last few minutes of this it would have but it kind of shies away i i was expecting more of a bloodbath than what was uh situated it was pretty much saying that everyone dies but there's quite a few survivors which you know you, you can't just say oh everyone dies and i was the only one who survived and then oh the sheriff is there everything like that but that might that might be me preferencing and stuff like that but definitely check it out if you want your horror fix and you enjoy something that is not a bullshit kitty slasher which oftentimes netflix will do and label it as such but something that actually is pretty fun then definitely check this out uh tune in tomorrow i don't know what i'm watching it's a sunday so i might take it easy and i will see you guys tomorrow Sunday. Hey everybody, James here from Beaver Dogs Productions, back with another daily movie review. It's Sunday, and I, I've actually decided, uh, unless there's like a big slate, that Sundays are going to be uh, short Sundays. I'm pretty much going to be checking out shorts. I might do stuff during the week, but 100%, there's going to be a short movie. It's, it's a lazy day. They didn't write a song called Easy Like Sunday Morning, to make shit hot so i decided to check out motion detected a movie by barry hatchet productions they are a i think they're a group of brothers who work together to uh do some short movies i've heard a lot of good things about their other short that might be uh next week for me called bent neck but motion detected it is about a guy who comes home and realizes uh, something is afoot. He checks his uh, motion camera, uh, like home security system, and finds there is a lot of uh, issues going on uh, of the paranormal variety. And I really enjoyed the creativity behind this short. What they did was it was a combination of footage from the camera and the actual footage. And I really liked the way it went. Uh, when it comes to short movies, my big gripe that I'm trying to get away from is that we need to see more. We need to see more rather than the content. But I do. I mentioned this before, uh, actually on my last episode of my podcast about short films, but horror movies kind of nail the whole short movie aspect. It kind of often treats it like the cold open open to movies uh an example of a good cold open is scream you get set up uh with a character you follow them and then they are off in a gory way and it sets up you know the style the rules and what's going to happen and it also adds to it because it's drew barrymore who was at the forefront of a lot of the advertising and then they kill her off in in a gruesome way and this does the same thing. It kind of introduces you to the concept, tells you what you need to know, and as a fulfilling conclusion. And then if this ended up becoming a full movie, you would follow more characters uh, uncovering what is actually going on with reference to this. And this really does succeed in that. And it it was unnerving at parts. I remember watching this. I think I, I think it was like during the day when I watched it, because I watched it a few days ago. Uh, I'm just getting to it now because I, with the slate of 
current release stuff, I decided to uh, hold off and get those uh, cranked out. But this, oh, this was re- this was uh, really unnerving when I watched it. So much so that because <laughs> the the cool thing was when I was watching this, I was watching this on my own tablet, so it kind of added to the experience because you see him watching a tablet as I'm watching it on a tablet, and then I'm looking around. It actually made gave me a sense of like unnerve. It made me like unnerved because I was looking around to make sure that there wasn't any ghosts around and shit like that. So it, it worked for me and I really did enjoy this. So uh, my hat's off to these guys. And so from there, I'm going to give this, uh, oh, this is going to be a four blanks movie because uh, it actually affected me and it was actually really well done. There is some small things, but considering that it's more, less uh, a big budget studio thing and more just a couple of guys getting together and working on something it re- you could really see quite a bit of talent in the horror and i'm very excited to see what more of these guys can do even so uh i'm going to include a link to their patreon because they have a, a patreon where if they clear a certain amount they're going to get uh they're going to do a short movie every month. And I would love to see more from these guys. So much so that I'm actually throwing $3 uh, their way just to kind of help support these guys because these guys have talent. I'd love to see more from them. So check that out. I'm including a a link in the description and also a link to their short horror film too. And so from from me, guys, thank you very much. Don't know what's going to be on next week. The only thing I do know is we've got First Street Part 3 and, oh God, 16th of July. It's Space Jam. Um, I'm going to have to do it.